Large amounts of forever chemicals, substances that can spew from manufacturing plants and landfills into local ecosystems and can take thousands of years to break down, have been found in freshwater fish, according to a KFF Health News investigation. But with no federal guidance, most states haven't warned their residents about the potential contamination. This is Pulse Check. I'm Kelly Hooper. Opil, the over-the-counter birth control pill the FDA approved in July as the first of its kind in the U.S., could hit the market in a matter of weeks. But questions remain about the drug's cost. Contraception advocates and congressional Democrats have urged the Biden administration to encourage access with no cost sharing and without requiring a prescription. House Republicans have set up some of the first healthcare votes in Representative Mike Johnson's speakership for this week. A fentanyl research bill would require the National Institute of Standards and Technology to coordinate science and research activities regarding illegal drugs containing the horse tranquilizer xylazine, new synthetic opioids, and other substances of concern. And the FDA is now reviewing the first gene editing therapy that uses CRISPR technology, which would match recent UK approval. Politico healthcare reporter Lauren Gardner is here to explain what this landmark treatment approval would mean for sickle cell disease. Hey, Lauren, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So less than a month after UK regulators approved the first gene therapy made by Vertex and CRISPR, it's now the FDA's turn to decide whether to endorse Exocel in the US. First, can you start off by talking about how this gene editing treatment works? Sure. So Exocel is definitely not a simple therapy for people to get. It's intended to be a one-time infusion, but first off, patients have their stem cells drawn, and that's for doctors, scientists, what have you, to do the gene editing process. So after that happens, the patients undergo chemotherapy to remove some of the older and the so-called sickled cells, since these are patients with sickle cell disease, to remove those cells from their bodies before receiving the treatment. And in terms of the gene editing process, that process uses the technology called CRISPR to tweak the genetic code that's in the stem cells so that they produce healthy red blood cells, since that's the underlying issue here for patients with sickle cell disease. So then the new disease-free cells are transplanted back into the patient after that process is complete. So it sounds like kind of a complex treatment. How do we know that it's safe? Yeah, great question. So this has definitely undergone a lot of study. And in their application to the FDA, the companies behind the therapy reported no major safety concerns for patients who received it. And back in October, one of FDA's advisory committees, so their independent advisors who are experts on cell and gene therapies, met to discuss the data that the companies had submitted and whether there was enough there to show that the treatment would only edit the genetic material that's actually being targeted for for purposes of treating sickle cell disease. And they generally agreed that the safety profile for the treatment was sufficient, that there didn't appear to be a major concern about potentially editing the wrong genes. That's one of the concerns behind this gene editing technology. But for all intents and purposes, the data looked good in terms of safety. So all in all, it looks like it has a a pretty robust safety profile. So we know that this treatment is for people with sickle cell disease, but is there a specific patient group that it's targeted toward? 
as of right now, this therapy is intended for folks with the most severe forms of sickle cell disease. So one way that that's being defined is people who have had to go to the hospital, for example, for intense pain episodes due to the disease. Sometimes these individuals, it can be so severe that they might even experience organ failure. So in terms of that population, there are about 100,000 people in the U.S. with sickle cell disease, and about 10 to 20 percent of those individuals are classified or believed to have a severe form of the disease. So those are the people who would most likely be eligible for the treatment. So if the FDA does greenlight this treatment, what comes next, especially in terms of costs and access to the treatment? Yeah, that's kind of the great unknown here. Like I described before, it's not a simple therapy to administer. And the cost is definitely expected to be high. Gene therapies typically fetch a million plus dollars per treatment. And there's a lot of unknowns with respect to how insurance plans intend to cover this. One of the issues is if someone is on a certain insurance plan and they get this one-time treatment and they are essentially cured or at least don't have severe episodes tied to the disease for an extended period of time. If that person switches jobs or has a different insurance scenario come up in their lives, that insurer isn't going to realize the benefits of them not having to pay out for continued care for that patient. So a lot of unknowns here as we head into a possible approval. And quickly, when is the deadline for the agency to make this call? December 8th is when FDA is expected to make a decision. Got it. Well, thanks so much, Lauren, for being here and for explaining this to us. Sure. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Kelly Hooper. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 